the Disgruntled Life Coach Podcast, Episode 11. The Disgruntled Life Coach Podcast. It won't make your love life better. It won't make you more successful financially. And it won't make your patchy, grayish beard look remotely cool. But if you listen carefully, you might just end up a better person. And maybe those other things will follow. Or not. Whatever. And now, the Disgruntled Life Coach Podcast. Welcome to the Disgruntled Life Coach Podcast. To start off, I want to remind everyone that I have Disgruntled Life Coach stickers, and I really want to give them to you. Like, I really want to give these stickers to you. So email coach at disgruntledlifecoach.ca or DM me at Life Disgruntled on Twitter. That's at Life Disgruntled on Twitter. And let's get this sticker party started. Then, next time you're at the black tie event, you can slyly stick it on the host's back while telling him what a great soiree it is because that's totally what I did. I mean, what I would, what I would friggin' do because, yeah, that wasn't me, Jeff. So this episode will focus on being right versus being happy and some other stuff that's much less cliche than that there are three ways to approach this in a larger sense and that is being right versus being happy Uh, there's being right versus being kind and being right versus being respectful there's some subtlety in there that's for sure but i'll speak very slowly so that you can follow along (laughs) i'm kidding i speak slow so you can't tell i'm slurring whatever So this is a tough one to define. Mostly for this podcast, we're going to talk about right as an adjective. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, which is not my favorite, but search engines sometimes decide these things for me, right means righteous, upright. It also means being in accordance with what is just, good, or proper. And finally, it means conforming to facts or truth. It's mostly that third one that we're going to focus on during this episode. First up at the quotation station is Dr. Albert J. Bernstein, clinical psychologist, best-selling author, business consultant, speaker, and photographer. Photographer, really? Who said, in his book titled Emotional Vampires Dealing with People Who Drain You Dry, He says, life offers a cruel choice. You can be happy or you can be right, not both. This is true regardless of whom you may be involved with, but it is especially true if there is an emotional vampire in your life. Okay, so this is is the polemic that I'm trying to attempt to diffuse here because it's just too simplistic, like Tucker Carlson on a good day. But at its core, it does say something valuable vis-a-vis mental health, strangely. Next, we have Pierre-Jules Renard, who was a late 19th century French author, a member of the Académie Grand Corps, as well as the Eternal Pessimist. I added that last one myself because holy shit, he's bleak. Uh, And he was most famous for his work, Paul de Carotte, who said, if you are afraid of being lonely, 
don't try to be right. This is the key to surviving social encounters where right or wrong, sometimes you just have to smile and nod while you shut the fuck up. Yes, even when you're right, Megan. And finally, Patrick Henry was an American attorney, planter, politician, and orator best known for his declaration at the Second Virginia Convention in 1777, no, sorry, 1775, where he said the ridiculous words, give me liberty or give me death. Now, I say ridiculous because although anti-slavery, he owned dozens of slaves when he died in 1799. So I guess he got the death part right anyway, asshole. Anyway, his contribution to this quotation fest states, The eternal difference between right and wrong does not fluctuate. It is immutable. Now, although I think that may be a bit too black and white, no pun intended, this is something I'll come back to later on as an argument about why you should always, not always be right. Or, you know, own slaves. Or, you know, be a dick for that matter. So let's talk a bit about being right and how you may not always need to use this crutch. And let's, let's be clear here. It is a crutch. You don't need to be right. It's just something that we've been influenced to believe since we were very young. Wrong becomes a bad word, you know, like scrotum. And our need to build a sense of control and safety around us hinges on us not being wrong. Also, not burping the alphabet during a job interview, to a point. Not that I know firsthand. Well, I do, but I didn't want that job anyway. Get off my back. So, what is wrong with being right? Well, it's not being right that's the problem entirely. To illustrate, Anne-Laurie Lecomf CEO of nestlabs.com, entrepreneur and neuroscience student, has an interesting take on this. In a telling article titled, Why Do We Need to Be Right?, she lays out the essence of the problem. She writes, The need to be right is rooted in our culture, feeding on natural human tendencies that power many of our societal structures. Very often, we don't seek to be right, we seek to be more right compared to somebody else, whether an individual or a group of individuals. We need to be more right is mostly based on fear, uncertainty, and our desire to feel connected to each other. So this is an interesting excerpt from this article, this is, and it's also important because this is where your decision becomes important. If your goal is always to be more right than those around you, this will become the central pillar in how others see you. So will more right make you happy? In the short term, perhaps, but no one wants the proverbial know-it-all at dinner parties. So the long answer is no, it won't. And there's more to it than that. In the intro, I mentioned to you, you can choose to be right versus being kind. Now, how does that fit? Well, I'm pretty friggin' glad you asked, Sandra. So here's the thing. We need to look at the drive to be right as kind of a disease. I mean, it's not wrong to be right per se, 
but there are times when you just don't need to be right. The truth is that there are those who, through no fault of their own, may not have the best education. To what extent do you want to be more right than they are in a conversation? How do you gain by making sure they know they are wrong about, say, astronomy or food preparation or rectal thermometers? Sometimes just letting go of your need to control the situation can be a passive act of kindness. A lot of this comes back to what I said earlier about the Patrick Henry quotation. Right and wrong are not clearly defined polar opposites in most cases. Yes, you're right to, say, stop a human sacrifice. And you're wrong if you think a sky blue polyester leisure suit with contrasting stitching and patch pockets is a good option for attracting mates. But not everything is this clearly defined. In fact, we may not even really know what right and wrong are. Catherine Schultz, staff writer at The New Yorker, National Magazine Award winner and Pulitzer Prize winner, and author of an eye-opening book titled Being Wrong, Adventures in the Margin of Error, says, It is our meta-mistake. We are wrong about what it means to be wrong. Far from being a sign of intellectual inferiority, the capacity to err is crucial to human cognition. Far from being a moral flaw, it is inextricable from some of our most humane and honorable qualities, empathy, optimism, imagination, conviction, and courage. And you know what? She's right. We discover truth from our errors, and we learn that being right isn't an on-off switch. It's a dimmer with shades of nuance. So how do we get back on the right path? The truth is, there is no one answer, but I do think there are some things that you need to look for and change if you want to discover the power of right and wrong, how you can be more empathetic to those around you, and how to be more accepting of individuals who may offer differing perspectives from your own. Firstly, whatever the conversation, don't always shove your voice in the middle just because someone says something that does not match what you think or even know to be true. If you're doing so as a matter of avoiding some terrible outcome, that's another matter. But seriously, how often does that really happen? Allow your perspective to follow the conversation. Gently insert what you think you need to and move on. If you hold on to your need to have people accept your truth like a dog with a bone, the tension and stress of that will cause you more harm than good. Also, and this gets back to empathy again, there are just some people who through trauma, age, or experience, have earned the right to just be wrong. Do not try to correct or educate people who have a background that you do not understand or you have no experience firsthand. And yes, I am completely generalizing here, but I know that you've been in this exact position, and more importantly, I know what this situation looks like. That guy who doesn't think composting makes sense will never listen to you especially once you raise your volume levels. 
Just smile, nod, and change the subject to how fucking dangerous the 70s Ford Pinto really was. Finally, just try to understand that what you see as right or correct is in no way an absolute. We like to think we know shit, then we reinforce that with facts and figures that support that position. But it may not all be true. I saw a t-shirt recently that said, don't believe everything you think. Now, this is exactly the position to take. Look at what you know as, say, a starting point. Entertain contrary positions. Don't try to always open your knowledge floodgates to others, especially if they don't ask. As Socrates said, the truly wise man will know what is right, do what is good, and therefore be happy. So, you know, just relax. Allow yourself room to grow and move on. You'll be happier, more likable, and less irritating, regardless of that fucking leisure suit choice. Okay, that's it for this episode. As always, I'll leave you with a disgruntled nugget in a second, but first, I want to thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. I'm on all the major platforms. And please visit www.disgruntledlifecoach.ca for all my podcasts. And as always, yes, you will need the silly dub dub dub. Please also follow me on Twitter at Life Disgruntled. There's a link on my website for that as well. Also, if you like what you've heard today, tell your friends. If you think this is ridiculous, still, tell your friends. I mean, how hard is that? Disgruntled Nugget. It has been said that two wrongs don't make a right. Leo Tolstoy took that a step further when he said, wrong does not cease to be wrong because the majority share in it. So it matters to not be wrong, but when Luther Ingram sings, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right, then it doesn't matter if you're right or not because everyone being wrong doesn't make love right or something, I don't know, whatever. Again, thanks for listening, and thanks also to Audionautics and Partners in Rhyme for music and sound effects. Thanks again to Neatnik for visuals, and thanks for your patience. See you in two weeks. Or not. Whatever. <laughs>